listening to The Exchange on 88.5 FM, WCUG, Cougar Radio. I am Doria, and today I am here with Owen. What's up? So I want to give you a little backstory on Owen so you can kind of get a feel for who she is. Owen was a military kid and moved around a bit, but Columbus is kind of where you would say you spent most of your life, right? I feel like wherever you went to high school, like, is, I consider that, like, hometown material. (laughs) For sure. As far as your artistry, it's really interesting to me because I was trying to like figure out a specific genre to say that Owen is this kind of artist, but I don't really think that you fit into a box, which is beautiful because artists shouldn't necessarily have to. But how would you describe yourself if you were to say, I am this? Yeah. So I feel like it's fun. Like, I understand what you're saying as far as being like super broad because of who I collaborate with. Like, I, I work with dance music artists, I work with hip hop artists, I work with rock bands. And I like to say that I try to blend those. If I were to define Olin, I would say it's more at most an alternative R&B project, but I like to incorporate elements of pop and rock into it. So bands like Little Dragon and Tame Impala come to mind that's like an end goal for me but I also I was super into like UK garage and two-step stuff so it yeah it is all over the place but I feel like the end goal is to be able to tie electronic and pop stuff in with R&B and because of that I feel like like you said it's there's so much fluidity and freedom to try a bunch of different sounds so yeah that's the best I can describe it but I will say it's it's set me back a lot because there's no consistency in a niche I guess but I feel like in the industry oftentimes it makes it easier quote-unquote for people to say that this is where you are so when they're trying to market you they have like one specific lane but I don't know I like that you kind of have your own thing going on because I feel like a part of being an artist is being able to express yourself in different ways and people don't always listen to R&B or always listen to rap or always listen to rock like we listen to multiple genres so why not as an artist like we explore those things of all of them I don't know I find that pretty cool it's uh, I feel like it's it's mainly for for a, from a branding and marketing perspective. That's really the biggest setback. But as far as like like I'm really happy. I really enjoy trying new stuff. And I like I don't know about you, but I get really bored doing the same thing and repeating the same process. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, differentiating what you do is key, I think. What's interesting is that you went to high school in Columbus, but you ended up moving out to Vegas. What I don't think people quite realize that Vegas is about the same size as Columbus. Geographically, it's it's about the same size. The only difference is that the strip is there, but it's still such a normal town. I think what made me, like to this day, why I love Vegas so much is that every day there's something you can do and there's something that you can engage with. So if I wanted to, I could play a DJ set every night I could go play a show every single night if I wanted to and there was a point where I did and there's so many people that are really good at building an independent identity for themselves like I know a ton of artists that are producing their own music making their own merch basically being their own label and in Vegas it's so common that I think it's overlooked adjusting there wasn't really that bad because I think being a military kid I'm just so used to being in different environments anyways but I'm so drawn to Vegas because you get the hustle of New York and LA without the like, it's not as overwhelming. It's not as much noise like in your face, especially downtown. You kind of get to take it easy at the same time you still get that fun, competitive nature of like so many people 
yeah. trying to get somewhere. You know, it's it's so fun. I love that city so much. I've only been once, but I remember it was very fun when I was there. While talking about Vegas, you touched on something that I found interesting because there are definitely a lot of artists who are independent and they're kind of figuring it all out on their own or they have their own team and they're, like you said, producing their own content, making their own merch, etc. You have actually started your own label, but would you say that you were doing it all on your own or do you have a team? So the label, it started with me and two other friends, Wyndham, who is the sound engineer at The Loft, and he mixed and mastered all my tracks from last year that I put out. And then um, Reeve Glisson, who I've known him for years, like almost probably more than 10 years, and he has kind of played the role of manager for me and helping me sort of stay organized mentally. And usually, and I would recommend this really for any independent artist, when you're still trying to establish your foundation, I feel like, of course, there's you'll, you'll send stuff to labels, but a lot of the time they just won't respond. And rather than waiting on people to respond, if you start your own label, you can come up with your own release schedule. And if you have friends that care about what you're doing enough, you guys kind of naturally create that experience. So like, yeah, I'll make all the artwork. I make the songs. I'll usually send the tracks to my friend Wyndham or my friend Malcolm in Vegas to mix down and then send out to friends for feedback. But it's still very much a solo process. Even when you sign to a label, you still have to have your own understanding and vision of what you want because otherwise no one's really going to give that to you. It's very rare that you find a label that's going to be like, here's your identity. Here's your artistic persona. Do this. That like rarely happens. And a lot of the time, like, I don't know, every time I'm presented with a situation like that, it kind of freaks me out because it feels like you're giving away too much creative control in a sense. But but yeah, we're still super new. So besides my friend, Anthony, he goes by Scartoon and this project that he's starting called Red Dragons. Aside from that, and then Wyndham's project, we have another friend named Andrew who's starting to release on it. It's still like super small where it's just a place for me and my friends to like put music out on and it look like, okay, cool. They have a label. Nice. They have a foundation. So that's what it is for right now. I think it's really cool that like you saw an opportunity for you to start your own label and you did it. Cause I think a lot of people are, are kind of sitting back and waiting and they're like, eventually this label will come to me and will sign me and do all of this. But if you really want to get stuff done, sometimes you got to put pen and paper and yeah, just do it. Yeah. Cause like if you wait for an opportunity, you might be waiting for a long time. Even some of the best songs I've written with Matt Zoe, who like the, the dude's first album has a great Grammy and anytime I work with him we write incredible stuff and I've sent that to labels and gotten no response and those songs are I've, I've shown them to Gaslamp Killer I've shown them to people from Lyrical Lemonade and they love it but like never get a response from a label and a lot of the time I feel like it's because you have to have a connect or I don't know just yeah. Sending to labels isn't something I have experience with, and it's not something I really care that much about to begin with. With you being in Vegas, you said you DJed a lot there. How would you say yeah. moving out there, DJing, helped you in your artistry? First off, it helped me find support. It helped me find friends because DJing in Vegas is so common. But what was cool is that you have collectives like my friends at the Rabbit Hole. And it's like this group of like 13 or 14 kids that are constantly making beats. It's it's kind of like selection or low-end theory, but in Vegas. They're putting on monthly events and even individually they put on their own events. And it gives people like me an opportunity to play venues that we normally wouldn't have the chance to. So I would say DJing, it propelled me into rooms that I was trying to get into a lot faster than I would as a live performer. I couldn't pin the exact reasoning for that aside from like, it's just cheaper to pay a DJ sometimes and it's just easier to set up. It's easier to fly out a DJ than a band. I kind of got wrapped up in it where that was almost all I was doing for a while. Like last year, I, I only played two live shows, which was really weird 
for me, but it also gave me opportunities that I never otherwise would have had, like playing EDC or anything like that. Like I never would have been able to do that as a live performer for right now. Another cool thing about it is that as a songwriter, especially if you're trying to make stuff that you can groove to, it's really fun to test the songs out in a live setting. And you can do this as a band too, but the more opportunity you have to play it in front of people and see how it works and mess it up and fail a bit and you kind of see what works and and that context helps you write better music in return which i think is what's cool about like touring bands where they're like go try stuff out and they're like okay cool let's let's try to make this music because we want to play it live you just you learn how you want to move and what sort of energy you want to create with the crowd and i think djing helped me get a better understanding of what that means and reading a room vibing with the crowd making sure you know what song to play next that keeps them as hype as they were with the song before like that's a skill i feel like it's it's, it's a matter of good taste of course like the art of djing like people like craze where they they have actual technique that, like that of course is a skill the one thing people will kind of mistake in the beginning is that they have to play banger after banger really you want to be able to like especially if you're in a nightclub be like okay i'm kind of tired i feel like the crowd might be too you guys probably want to go get some drinks let me play a slower song usually intuitively you feel like okay i'm exhausted or hey i want to bring it up you feel that energy and usually the crowd is right there with you you're feeding off of each other's energy yeah and if anything i, I would just say like kind of listen to that intuition if you're just getting started one of my biggest mistakes early on was not preparing enough music like if you're going to play an hour set prepare like three four hours of different kinds of music just in case you never know <laughs> That's good advice. In talking about DJing, you mentioned being a songwriter. So I wanted to plug real quick that your first placement was with Dreamville. Not only was it with Dreamville, yeah, what in the world? Song for Ari Linux. So how did you get that? How did that opportunity come to you? I don't know if you know who Deontay Hitchcock is, but he's on the Dreamville compilation a lot. He just had a song with Black that came out recently. So the producer that works on all of his records I've known since I was like 18 or 19. His whole team I've known since I was just starting to try to be like, okay, I'm an artist. I want to do this as a job. They, they were my first experience of seeing people do that and it be taken seriously. So when I moved back from Vegas, I was like, hey guys, I'm back in town. I want to you know come see you. So I was already planning on going to see them. And then the day before they were like, hey, we have the invite for the Dreamville sessions. So if you don't mind, we're just going to go do this together instead. And I was like, of course. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring I'll bring my bass, I'll bring my guitar. It was at Tree Sound Studios, which is like where everyone and their mom records in Atlanta. It's kind of far out from from the usual studios, but it's a really cool space and the food is fantastic. The staff is super like just it just feels like you feel safe. It just feels right. like a very safe place to record. Just like emotionally and, and physically, it's just a very nourishing place to to go make music. And so naturally I understood why why they decided to have it there. As far as like that that particular song, so there's only like 10 rooms and they sent out so many invitations. So people are kind of like rushing, trying to get into a room and work on stuff. But if you have something to offer, no one's gonna tell you like, no. If, if it's good, it's good. These boys were, their names are Dijon, Styles, and, and Mac. They were making this beat in the hallway because they didn't have a room. So they've set up speakers in the hallway and Ari walked by and they started writing the song. And that's where you see in the documentary where like they're jamming to it. I came the next day 
And she's like, we need a second verse. I just happened to be standing there. And I was like, I'll help. <laughs> so we went up to, uh, it's called Groove's Room. And it's where like, honestly, I couldn't even, I don't even want to name drop. It's just so many people have recorded crazy hits in there. So we go in there. There's another girl, Christelle, another guy, Vincent Berry. They're both insanely talented songwriters with crazy placements. But we all met for the first time. And that song was pretty much wrapped up that night. And I just wrote like... A couple lines off the, I want to say it's the first or second verse. So deep I feel you in my mind, so good I want it all the time, whatever. And then I played some guitar on it and then didn't hear back for a year. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it was super cool. Ari is, um, she's just a really warm spirit. I feel like whatever she portrays online, like that's really what she is. She's an extremely genuine and just like wholesome person. She's so funny and she's yeah. super chill believe it but yeah that's pretty much how that went down that whole session is actually how i ended up getting connected to levi watson to make the space between us because we had mutual friends from the dreamville sessions i know with most sessions singers aren't in the same room when they record so you guys i guess kind of record it separately and then it just came together so levi sent me a couple beats and was just like whatever you're feeling just try to write to this and the first one he sent me i, I went ahead and wrote to it was one of those things where like sometimes i'll hear something and it takes a while to catch on but with that beat I like it, it I immediately just heard melody so I, I started kind of singing gibberish over it we kind of just went back and forth with files for like a couple weeks and the song just kind of it took shape without me even realizing when it was done I was like oh damn we like we wrote a song I love that though I would hope that it would come easy and it'd be a fun like being in a session like writing songs laying it down all that good stuff sometimes it's it's interesting that like you might be in a room with people that are extremely talented, but sometimes like the energy just isn't there and it's not there every day. Like there's times where I write with people and we write a whole song in a few hours and there's others where it feel, you can feel it being forced and you're like, okay, maybe we should back off this idea because it's, it's not coming naturally. So yeah, it varies. It's yeah. <laughs> and it's not a process you can repeat. Like once you yeah. finish it. Yeah. It's not something that you can just, oh yeah, here's a formula to finish a song. It just doesn't work that way. Which one is different? Since we talked about The Space Between Us, I'd like to talk about your song Blind as well. That's your current single, correct? Yeah. I actually just dropped a, a remix yesterday for it from my, uh, my friend Cubed who lives in Arizona. Did you write Blind by yourself? How did that song come to be? Yeah. <laughs> it was inspired by this band called Half Noise. The drummer of Paramore has this like indie pop surf rock thing that's like super funky. So I've been listening to them a lot and it kind of inspired that song. And the song itself is just about like, it's about being too exhausted to try to be in a relationship. It's like not even about like anyone being awful or anything. It's just like, yo, I'm just, I'm just so emotionally exhausted with everything going on around me that I just don't even know what to do in this situation and not wanting to repeat any mistakes that I've made before because I like, I don't know it. This past year was the first time I felt like emotionally unavailable. If that makes sense. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm always someone that's just super like open and down and wanting to like, just be in conversation but like the end of last year just felt so I don't know I just felt very like drained and just very like indifferent towards a lot of stuff and um that song kind of just reflected that I'm like it was me trying to say like hey I know I'm not being present I'm sorry I'm just trying to figure it out but yeah like, in the meantime I'm, it's probably not a good idea for me to like invest mm. and waste your time it's great that you're that self-aware though <laughs> Maybe I'm giving you too much credit. You are. <laughs> Sorry. I lied. So would you say that you still feel like that now? Um, 
Maybe not as much. I will say in the beginning of the year, I was like, I need to try to at least make an effort to like just be more attentive to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I will say that this quarantine situation definitely it changed my it changed my thought process on a lot of things. Because typically, like I said, I spend a lot of time by myself, and I'll often go through periods of time where I feel like scared or alienated or just like I feel extremely uncomfortable with those thoughts and like because of that when I do go out in public I feel extremely uncomfortable around other people and um, I've noticed it getting progressively worse in the last couple months and then once this quarantine situation happened and everyone has to be alone with their thoughts and seeing that for some reason I don't feel as alone I don't feel as I don't feel as like burdened by whatever train of thought that normally hits me that usually causes depression it's like just not affecting me the same way and I feel a lot better about it. I feel like I can handle it. I think it's because like just checking in on my friends a lot more and just seeing like, yo, we're all going through this. So it doesn't feel as freaky. It doesn't feel as like, I don't feel as scared to share it with other people. So like there's kind of a unity around everything that's going on now. You're not feeling alone in in your head about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I wish it didn't take this uh, intense of a situation to get me out of my shell, but yeah, I definitely feel a lot safer being alone with my own thoughts. (laughs) I understand exactly what you're saying because I trust me. So speaking of the quarantine, you're doing this thing called Quarantune. So for people who, I feel like I sounded way too excited about that. Quarantune. out today as well i'm trying to do it every wednesday but i was late this week because the one i did this week was so hard (laughs) for people who are listening who um aren't familiar with you as an artist could you explain to them what quarantunes is and plug it a little bit so quarantunes is i wanted to like start building a presence on youtube not even a presence but i just wanted to start using the platform more because i feel like a lot of artists once this whole thing happened just started going to twitch or like ig live and it was just overwhelming and oversaturated so i felt like well let me try to do something that's a little bit different although i'm not the first person to do this there's a band called pomplamoose that's been doing this for like the last like over a decade but it's basically where i try to deconstruct each piece of a song whether it be an original or a cover that people vote on and like show it as I'm playing. And each week I'm trying to like get a little bit better about how it's presented. But that's pretty much just the gist of it. Like me trying to make a song from scratch with the bare minimum, like stock Ableton plugins, stock like sounds where it's like, I don't have the best studio equipment, but I'm gonna try to get the song as close to the original as possible. And it's really fun. It looks fun. No, I always, I love stuff like that where like you're breaking down, okay, this is how this sounds, this is how this sounds, and then this is how it all comes together. A BTS situation, if you will. Yeah, like it's, I think that's been the most beneficial part of it is like, for example, the the first one I did with Phoenix's 1901. I didn't realize the song only had like four or five parts playing at one time because the song sounds so huge. But like when you hear each individual part and how it comes together, it simplifies your way of thinking when you write music again. You're like, oh, I might not need to do so much to get the message across and to make a song sound heavy or just, you know, majestic. You know what I mean? So I love it. It's so much fun to, to throw together. Absolutely. And outside of your music, what else have you been doing during this time? Honestly, I've only been doing music. Spotify has a new collaborative workspace mm-hmm. uh, called Soundtrap. So I've been I've been testing that with them and like going live with them for that. But aside from that, I've been gardening with my mom. It's great. She she has some potatoes she's trying to sprout in the closet right now. It's awesome. You gotta like get them to like, you know, sprout a little root before you plant them. So that's exciting. 
We've got a bunch of little taters in the closet. You say taters? Little, little taters. <laughs> Cut my brother's hair the other day because I watched him start to try to do it himself. And I said, nope, give me those clippers. Let me, uh, <laughs> I'm not about to let you go out like that, my guy. <laughs> so you're a barber as well? No, I just like, I know how to like, just make sure that I'm not getting too raggedy, but I know how to not mess up the back of my head. So I was like, let me at least like help my brother. <laughs> I'm glad that you said gardening because I was not expecting that. I love that you're gardening. That's beautiful. I have been watching Castlevania and like I've been watching a lot of anime, but if I remember to, sometimes I've been like kind of trying to manage so many different musical projects that I'll be like, wait, I could just sit and watch anime. I should do that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So I believe heavily in manifestation. If you say something enough or if you write it down enough or whatever the case may be, like it'll eventually come true. I wanted to ask you, is there anything in your career that you would like to manifest before we go? Mainly just release more music. And I want to tour really bad, like releasing more music consistently and touring. And I, I make checklists every single day, not so much as like, I want to tour. I'm literally like, here's the steps I have to do to do that. Did I do that today? And I write that down every day and try to like, it just feels satisfying to like cross something off. So I'll, I'll do that. But yeah, I'm trying to tour real bad. As soon as this stuff's over, go away, Corona. I'm trying to tour. Please leave. Please bounce. Leave a room. Go away. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way you're supposed to say go. I feel like it should maybe be a bit more forceful, but whatever. Uh, Corona, bye. Bounce, please. Thanks. Thank you so much, Olin, for talking to me. No problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. Can you plug your social media real quick? I'm at Olin Sound on everything. O-L-A-N Sound on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. It's the same. We appreciate Olin for coming here and talking to us and tune in next week to see who I'm interviewing on The Exchange on 88.5 FM WCUG.